Welcome back to Duskwall. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We're getting close to the end of Season 3. It is amazing how much this show has grown from my earliest plans for it. And it means a lot to me and the rest of the cast to have all of you supporting us. Things that also mean a lot to us, reviews! We love reviews, and we got some really lovely ones last month. If you like the show, please tell us and any other potential listeners about it by leaving a review on your podcast listener of choice. A quick note about this episode. Josie was unable to join us for recording, so there's no minx in this one. Never fear, the Magpie's most fashionable member will be back next episode. Also, in case you missed it on our Twitter, I was a recent guest on Party of One podcast. If you're not familiar with it, Party of One is an actual play show in which host Jeff Stormer plays through games with a single player, usually himself, and a guest GM. Sometimes the games are designed for tuned players, and sometimes it's more of an experiment to see how games that are meant for groups handle just a single player. One Player Blades in the Dark works really well, and I had an absolute blast running this game for Jeff. It ended up also being about being gay and doing crimes. You can find a link to the episode in the show notes. Next, Josie is going to tell us about this month's call to action. Hey, coronavirus sucks. Donate PPE to people and institutions that need them, and also money. Uh, Support people where you live. Maybe organize a rent strike or something. You can do it. Stay inside. I also don't really have a lot new to say here. I think everybody knows what we're all going through, what actions we need to take to help each other. Support the post office. Fight for protections for essential workers. Keep fighting for a better world. Now then, let's get started, shall we? We open up in Char Hollow uh, on a a quiet residential street. There's a lot of uh, kind of run-down apartment buildings, a little worn, paint is chipping, things like that. Streets look like they probably haven't been swept in a few weeks. And in the the midst of this street, there is a, a house Uh, It is a a large house, clearly very newly built. It doesn't have the sort of coal dust grime on it that most buildings in in Char Hollow and Coleridge seem to acquire after a little bit of time. It's much, much nicer than any of the buildings around it. Um, And it it is surrounded by a, a tall wrought iron fence. And we can see through the fence uh, a figure moving towards the house. Um, They've got a hood up, uh, a coat on that kind of disguises uh, what they they look like. And this person gets up towards the house and and reaches into the satchel at their side and pulls out a bottle. Um, They open it up and and start pouring out the liquid that's inside. And it's some kind of, of oil that they're splashing on the wall of the house. And they do that with a couple more bottles circling the, the house, splashing oil on the walls. And then they pull out a, a fourth bottle that is uh, a bottle of a, a cheap Scovlin vodka that has a rag stuffed in the top. And uh, the person takes out a matchbook, strikes a match, lights the rag. And then once it's, it's caught, they hurl the bottle at the wall of the house, and it 
bursts in a, a flash of flame, uh, which catches the oil that's on the side of the house. And very quickly, the house starts burning. And the person stands there for a minute, uh, watching as, as the flames catch and start taking the house. And then they reach into their pocket and flick something through the air towards the flames. And, you know, we, we see as this thing kind of tumbles through the air that it is a magpie pen. We cut to Blair and Myra, uh, who, who we find at the Hound's Paw um, at their usual table. It's been not too long since the uh, incident at the, the Red Lamp, when the, the magpies uh, went after and uh, assassinated uh, Madame Teslin, the, the former owner of the Red Lamp brothel and a member of the Circle of Flame. Minx uh, has been keeping, all of the magpies have been keeping a, a low profile, but Minx especially so. And right now she is, is continuing to, to lay low at the nest uh, and recover from her, her various injuries. So Blair and Myra, uh, what are the, the two of you doing here at the, at the Hound's Paw on this kind of quiet afternoon? Myra and Blair are playing cards at the table. Nice. Yeah, so I, I think it's kind of getting, starting to get back into that, that old routine you had where, you know, you would hang out at the hound's paw and, and wait around for a little bit to see if anybody came in who, who needed your uh, particular services. Rigney's at the bar, you know, as usual, um, not cleaning glasses for once. He, he is just hanging <laughs> out there and uh, updating the, I think he's updating the, the staff schedule for the next month. Um, getting all the shifts worked out. There's the a next lot of months. He's a very listen. You get a you get a predictable schedule from Rigney. Thank he is a good boss. God. <laughs> because when I work retail, I never got more than a week's notice. I know Rigney is a good boss. Thank you. <laughs> he pays well, and you know your schedule a month in advance. That's <laughs> My God, the bar is in hell, and yet, <laughs> yep. So there, there's a lot of sort of muttered grumbling and erasing as he's trying to, you know, get this schedule to work out, but he's working on it. And as you're hanging out here, uh, the, the door opens and uh, uh, familiar figures come in. It is Briggs, uh, Minx's, and really now kind of the Magpie's um, contact uh, in, in Char Hollow. He's, um, and he is accompanied by his seeing eye dog, Mallory. And he, he kind of comes in and, and stops a little bit into the room and like cocks his head to the side, uh, sort of listening to, to the, the conversations in the room. Briggs. Ah, good. You're, you're here. And he, he comes over to, to your table and uh, we'll, we'll take a seat, kind of scritches Mallory behind the ears. It's like, ah, well, I, um, I'm glad I, I caught you. I uh, needed to, to talk to you about, um, well... That house you burned down a few days ago, I sorry understand the motive, but... Huh? The, the, the house that we what? That bur you burned down. We didn't burn down any houses. I mean, I did a ritual two days ago, but I had an extinguisher on me. I didn't burn down the nest, so... <laughs> well, unless the nest is in Char Hollow, I don't think that's... I business owner's home, new, very expensive home, got burned to the ground, and this was found at the scene. And he, he sets down in the middle of the table a, a lightly charred 
magpie pen. That does sound like us, but it wasn't. Are there any discrepancies between this pin and our actual pin, if I inspected it further? Yes. That I I had I had that planned in my notes. Oh my god. So yeah, if Blair picks up the pin and, and examines it more closely, um at, at first glance, if you just were were looking at it quickly, yeah, it, it looks like a magpie pen. But when you pick it up and studying it, you can tell one that it's made of a much cheaper metal. Like you can almost bend the the pen with your hands. And two, you know, with with minks in the mix, uh, the pins that you get are very nice. They've they've got you know high quality metal enamel for the colors. Like they look good. This looks like it was just somebody painted it. You know, it it is not the the same level of of quality that you all have in your pen. So it looks very similar, but it is not one of yours. Hmm. So we have a fan club, an extremely enthusiastic fan club. I mean, I, well, I suppose, but uh, if you do have a fan club, they're causing quite a few problems. <sighs> the owner of the house that got burned down is a business owner, um, Darian Nunzio. Kind of a scumbag, to be honest. He uh, owns some shops and uh, some apartment buildings, and if you work at one of his shops... He makes you rent an apartment from him, too, and he takes most of your paycheck in rent. And then if he catches you shopping at some place that isn't one of his stores, you get fired and evicted. So he ends up taking pretty much the entire paycheck back from anybody that works for him. Well, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. So can't say that I'm real torn up about him losing his house, uh, except for he's pretty pissed about it. And, uh... He's hired some blue coats to come around when they're off duty and rough people up, look for information. Fortunately, one of my uh, contacts got on the scene before they did and found the pin. So they haven't quite tied it to all of you yet, or I guess whoever your fan is. Ugh, are you sure it's a fan? Maybe somebody's trying to frame you. Both are possible, but it does sound like somebody who would agree with us unless... It's a really elaborate plot by this Darian person. Hmm. I don't know if he's the type. He spent a lot of money on this house. Yeah, it... Hmm. Well, so... So the problem is the blue coats that are coming into the area? Yeah. They're dragging people out of their houses for questioning and... Roughing up people in the streets and just generally being a menace. So I know that you're not behind the house fire, but... We could use your help in uh, dealing with the fallout from it. If you could figure out who is behind it, too, that would help a lot. We can look into it. Appreciate it. Does feel strange to be asked to help the Bluecoats do their job? I don't know if I'd say you're helping the Bluecoats do their job. Uh, depending on who this person is, you might not necessarily want to turn them in. Just convince them to not pull stunts like this anymore. Yeah. You know? Mostly we just need the Bluecoats to back off. But anyway, you can uh, keep the pen. Don't really need it, and it's probably safer with all of you. Don't have to worry about uh, falling into the wrong hands and somebody getting the wrong idea. Is there anything else you want to ask Briggs before he heads out? Are there any like are there any like rivals of Nunzio that he knows about? Um, let's do some kind of gather information roll for that. Well, it's a six. 
he doesn't really have rivals. Like he's kind of the the stores he runs are like grocery and home goods type things, and he kind of has a monopoly on that sort of stuff in Char Hollow. Like you can find some some much smaller businesses, but he's run a lot of other people out of the district. And Briggs can tell you that like people who work for him, like if they go to the Weeping Lady for food, he'll fire you. You have to, he he wants his employees to be one hundred percent dependent on him. Well, that sounds predatory. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only reason that he doesn't pay him in like company script is because then uh, the empire couldn't take out taxes on it. We can't have that. You're not going to deny the emperor anything. So uh, Briggs is is going to head on out, say goodbye to Rigney. Rigney will kind of distractedly look up from his notes. <laughs> Did not realize that Briggs had entered. <laughs> Only realizes this is happening as he's leaving. Waves. Goes back to his scheduling. <laughs> so, yeah. If you two want to do some more gathering of info on this whole situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to go to... If it won't gather too much heat, I want to go to Char Hollow to the scene of the crime and do some ghost field ins- uh, inspection. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think I'm going to have you, so I'm going to have you make two rolls. Okay. One of those rolls is going to be the actual gather information roll. And the the other roll is going to be for kind of how stealthy you can be while doing this. Hmm. Okay. And the, the stealthiness roll, I'm going to add that into, like, the I'll con- keep that in consideration when I do the engagement roll. Like, if you okay. do well on this, that'll help. If you do poorly on it, that'll hurt. I see. So, yeah. So, which one would you like me to roll first? Let's do the let's do the stealth. However, you want to do stealthiness first. Okay, that's probably going to be prowl. Probably. That sounds reasonable. It's a 4. Doesn't hurt, doesn't help. So, you you are stealthy enough that you don't attract attention. Mhm. Uh or or you don't attract too much attention, we'll say. Okay. But yeah, so you you head over to the the scene of the crime. You know, we we again see that quiet residential street, the the tall wrought iron fence. The the gates um have like a, a chain and a padlock around them now, and there's like a, a police barricade sign thing in front of them, a blue coat barricade in front of them. Mm-hmm. The brigade, you know, got out here before it completely burned to the ground, but it is, it got pretty well gutted. It looks like the roof collapsed. Uh, it's blackened. Windows are blown out. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be livable. It's going to have to be torn down. So if you want to, to look into the ghost field and see what you can see. Yes, I would like to roll a tune and yeah. see Brown Bear, Brown Bear, what do you see? Oh. <laughs> if you get a six. Six. <laughs> My other rolls were a three and a two. <laughs> okay. So I think that you you concentrate and look into the, the ghost field. And, you know, the, the ghost field, as we have discussed, can do a great many things. It can show you a great many things. And in this case, it, it kind of shows you the the memory of this house dying. Cool. <laughs> the The house... When you look into the ghost field and and you kind of concentrate on this, the house is actually very faint in the ghost field. It was it was too new and hadn't been lived in enough to sort of really imprint on the ghost field. Really old buildings that have 
that are well lived in, that have a lot of people come through, they can leave a, a very strong imprint in the ghost field. Even after the physical structure is torn down, sometimes mm -hmm. you can see the memory of a building. This one, not so much. It was too new for that. So there's just kind of a very faint outline of the house. And what you do see is a, a person, the, the silhouette in the ghost field of a, a living person moving towards the house. You, you, can, you basically kind of see in very faint silhouette that, that opening sequence of someone throwing, you know, oil or, you know, throwing liquid onto the house and then throwing something burning. And then you can kind of see these ghostly flames consuming the house. But what you're also able to see is this person fleeing from the, the burning home. What information, like you, you got a six. So mm -hmm. what information would you like to get um, from this? The arsonist. Okay. So I think like the, the person kind of where you're standing, you're, you're off to the side and they, the, the figure runs towards you and you, you can't see like the fence in the ghost field because the fence doesn't have any kind of imprint. Um, right. Nor does your guessing it's a rope based on how the person is is moving and climbing to get over the fence mm -hmm. but you do get kind of as they come up to the fence um you do get a look at uh at their face say a young woman you know you're guessing probably probably around your age blair maybe a, a year or two older oh really a baby mm-hmm a wee bab wow i usually everybody's older than me so that's a surprise light skin freckles you can't see her hair um because of the hood that she's got on um she has a a, a scarf kind of pulled up um over her nose she's got like freckles all over her all over her skin so, so you me? can still see them yes <laughs> you can still see them even with uh the the scarf covering her nose you don't recognize her this okay. is not a face you've ever seen before but you're pretty sure that if you saw her again you would you would know who she was. You I'd get be a, able a very to pick clear... her out of a blue coat line. So yeah, you you get a good look at her face, uh, and then she kind of she scrambles over the the fence and and drops to the ground, kind of this ghostly image next to you, and then runs off and and fades away. And then the the memory of the house burning down fades as well, and you're just kind of left looking at this uh, this burned out husk. I mean, with a six, you can ask me follow-up questions if there's any other details you would like to get about the incident. Okay. Do I have a sense of which direction the arsonist ran? She, you're like standing in an alley beside it. She ran down the alley and turned west, but that just leads out onto another major street. Doesn't really tell me like what town she would have bailed it to next. She probably you can you can guess she probably lives in Char Hollow, Crowsfoot, Silkshore, or Barrowcleft. Really narrowing it down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if she if she lived in like Coleridge or Night Market or Six Towers, she probably would have turned east. <laughs> mm-hmm. As much as you're able to get from from what you see. So right. okay. Um the only trace they left at the scene of the crime was the pin. Nothing else. So I think, yeah, if you, you, you circle around the, the house to the side where you saw her throw the bottle and kind of peer through, through, through the bars, there is a, a piece of glass just within arm's reach of the, uh, of the fence that it, it's, it's curved and it has like paper stuck to it. It doesn't look like a, like a window. 
and you stick your arm through and you manage to grab it and you pull it over. And it is uh, a, a chunk of a, a bottle that has a label for a cheap Scovlin uh, vodka on it. Hmm. Okay. I assume I can take this? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Blair collects it. A little video game inventory pops up. Ka-ching! You've acquired. Press Y to inspect. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go over to Myra. I'm going to do my little thing where I help people out with like little legal papers and things, and I'm mm-hmm. going to like kind of just like bring it, slip it into conversations that uh, I heard some whispers about some young people who had some rather fiery ideas, and I was wondering, <laughs> you know. I was a little bit worried, and I was just wondering if there was any way I could help them deal with that. Way not to sound like an undercover cop. (laughs) Myra does sound like a cop when you phrase it like that. (laughs) Shit. No, it's fine. I'm at least a tiny bit known to these people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if if you're asking around. I'm phrasing it in a way that I'm trying to help them. Yeah. But it's still a little bit how do you do, fellow kids. It is a little bit, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> but also, I've been that kid. Yeah. Go ahead and, and make a roll. Uh, is this uh, a consort or is this a sway? Okay. I, I think it's consort. You're, you're, you're not trying to deceive the citizenry of Char Hollow. Well, I rolled a three on that one. Okay. Um, so you get a limited amount of information. What kind of information would you like to get from this? Because that'll help me figure out how to give you a piece of that information. Where those kinds of kids would gather or what what things these kinds of kids would be affiliated with. Like, just a okay. lead to, like, talk to some people yeah. who might know. Where's the, where's the local skate park where all the youths <laughs> hang out? You either skate or you die. <laughs> where do all the angry kids go to talk about how angry they are? Obviously, the Blink-182 concert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, oh, man. See, now that you've said that, I do kind of want to have it be um, (laughs) somewhere that where, like, some some kind of music. (laughs) I think there's a, like, there's a dive bar where local musicians will perform, but they tend to be kind of the, like... It's definitely, like, a self-printed zine. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's, it's, like, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's the, like, anarchist, it's the, the, you know, artists of the anarchist and unionization movements, basically, because you, for any kind of movement like that, there, you know, you, you have the, the artists and musicians and writers, uh, and I think there's a, a dive bar that hosts those kind of performances, uh, and I think that you learn that a lot of you know, a lot of the disaffected youth will will hang out there. Yeah, basic, uh, I'm going to make make you two come up with the name for this dive bar. Mm. That's dangerous. And by you two, I mean Minna, because Minna is the one that I can trust oh, to come, come up on. with names. <laughs> I mean, my first thought was the rusty screw, which isn't good. I mean, my brain was trying to come up with, like, a Red Hot Chili Peppers pun, so. God help me. I'm gonna okay. I am. I'm vetoing all your ideas, and I'm no. going for Chicago history. Um, it is the the Haymarket Tavern. So I obviously have to take the coolest youth I know with me, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is the one with the most eyeliner. Yeah, Darkness, true. dementia, ebony, Ravenway. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you want to go by that now? <laughs> no, no, I forbid it. <laughs> All right, let's let's get back on track. So, yeah, you're gonna head over to uh, the, the Haymarket Tavern. I think. Do you want to like wait until it's it's you know more into night properly and there's like a, a show happening, or do you just want to head over now? I think maybe let's wait till there's a show happening. Okay, you get there. It's it's the bar is you know pretty crowded lots of people hanging around you know there there's musicians performing singing songs about revolution through clever allegory so that they won't get arrested for it a lot of people at the bar a lot of people at tables i think you might actually recognize a couple of like bell brogan's people from the union movement here talking to some some tables and yeah you've you've got a, a bar full of of people many of whom are disaffected youths what would you like to do um, yeah, Min is the only one here, right? No, I think you, no, you came. Yeah, I brought she brought you specifically, you specifically because you would fit in and I wouldn't. Mm, yeah, my Anarchy! Yeah, Blair does, like, in terms of appearance, look more, and, wait, and wait, age. Wait, wait, did Blair have to give me a makeover? <laughs> God, mm. yes. Yeah, probably. You're You're probably looking a little goth right now. I love it. Incredible. Minx absolutely contributed to this. Grunge is in! Myra's definitely more grunge than fancy yeah. goth. Yeah. And and this is not a fancy goth setting. Yeah, so it works. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what are the two you want to do? Uh, I think this might be the one occasion where Blair mingles and it actually sort of works. Well, we'll see if the dice says it works out or not. But yeah. Blair could mingle here. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm going to roll a consort to see what info I get. Yeah. Okay, six and a one? Six, okay. Um, so what, what kind of info are you trying to get? Who did a good crime lately? Who really, um, who really stuck it to the cops lately? <laughs> <laughs> are you presenting yourself as Blair Colhane of the Magpies, or are you just, like, kind of trying to, to mingle Fuck it, Blair Colhane of the Magpies is here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think, like, if, yeah, you start kind of chatting yourself up and introducing yourself that way, like, you get a fair amount of attention. Like, you end up with a little crowd around you of people who are like, holy shit, you're part of the Magpies, are you for real? Like, and, and you know, not everything that you all have done, but they they know a lot of what you've done, especially in Char Hollow, and, like, they really, like, admire you and respect you. There's a little bit of, a, 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 like, somebody asks for your autograph, and I don't know how Blair feels about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. They're, they're very impressed to, to meet you um, and are, like, very, like, grateful for a lot of what, what you and the rest of the magpies have done. And, yeah, like, when you start asking, like, you know, what have people done around here lately, somebody will mention that it's, it's a shame that Larissa isn't here tonight because she would have loved to meet you. Hmm? And you, you, you kind of ask after her, and you get the name Larissa Dobrev. Mm -hmm. You know, hasn't been around for a little while. She was talking about, like, she had been talking about doing something big, had been kind of vague on the details, but kind like she, nobody's really seen her for a little bit. She hasn't been coming out to, to the sort of usual hangs lately. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you, you manage to, you get a name of a, a person who, um, very much uh, admires your work and may have been plotting something big. <laughs> Interesting. Good to know. Myra, I got a name. You got a name? I got a name. Potential Can lead. I... Larissa Dobrev. 
Do you get anything else or just the name? Uh, the name and that they've been missing in action for a little while and that they're a big fan of me. Well, fan of the magpies generally. Well, I shouldn't let the fame go to my head. Big fan of us. <laughs> Somebody has kind of trailed off to Blair and is like, oh my god, are you, are you Myra Keel? <laughs> Hello. Hi. We're huge fans of your work like i mean like the magpies work all that you all do like it's it's just so inspiring and we're just yeah you're really cool you're like actually out there doing it like sticking it to the the authorities fuck yeah we are (laughs) i think myra like thanks them graciously but she is also like her brain is like visibly like dying (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, do not, co- does not compute. <laughs> she has never had to deal with this before. Yeah. It's nice, but it's weird. Yeah. I think, and, and some of it, like, some of it is just kind of a general, like, hell yeah, you're cool. But, like, some people, like, thank you for specific things. Like, somebody says that they, you know, had a, you know, a relative who, who has been to the, the clinic that you all helped take over and, like, recovered from, from this, like cough that they'd had for a really long time and you know just like people are are very like grateful for the stuff that you all have done so i think she's probably getting into these conversations and like occasionally she'll be like i heard i heard that this friend of yours larissa maybe hasn't been around in a while so she's going to be kind of like asking questions about her i think okay i think that's another consort six okay Myra, that name kind of pinged you a little bit. And eventually somebody mentions um, Larissa's mother, Agnes Dobrev. And that's when it clicks of like, Agnes has come to see you a couple times about some some legal paperwork. She uh, is a, a Scovlin refugee. Mm. Akarosi is, is not her first language. So um, she can speak the language uh, well enough to get by, but reading it, uh, is is a struggle at some, particularly when you're dealing with a, you know, complex legal documents. So she's brought some things to you just to make sure that she understands, um, you know, what she's signing before she signs it. And uh, you you do remember that a couple times she she brought her daughter with her, and uh, I think you're able to uh, get an address for for where the the Dobrevs live. Oh, nice. So I think it's thank you. I. I'm just worried about her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can, like, go check on her. I mean, one, like, if she's she's there and she's okay, she'll be thrilled to meet you. But, yeah, uh, if you can just make sure that, like, she's okay. Of course. And don't, don't spread around that we've been asked, that we've been interested in. I don't think it would help their case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll, we won't tell anybody that we saw you here. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah, so... Do you want to just pay them a visit? Yes, I would love to pay them a visit. <laughs> All right. So I'm going the to do it during gonna... daylight. Well, not daylight hours. I'm going to do it during... During the day. Yeah. So the two of you going to head over there? Yep. So next day, head on out. And they, it's a, a, you know, kind of a typical looking apartment building in the area. They live on the, the sixth floor. So it's a bit of a, a climb to get there. And yeah, you you reach the the apartment. Uh, Myra's gonna knock on the door. You can hear like footsteps inside, and then uh, there's like a gasp, audible gasp through the door, and then the door flies open, 
And uh, Blair, you immediately recognize the, the young woman standing there uh, with, with huge eyes. And she's like, oh, wow, um, you're actually here. Uh, hello, uh, my name is uh, Larissa. Uh, it's, it's an honor to meet you. Hello, Larissa. Pleasure as ours. <laughs> yes. Um, I, uh, I, I guess you, uh, you heard about uh, what I did? Just big, excited grin. Were you? Let's let's take this somewhere inside, away from prior oh, ears. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, yeah, I've been having to uh, keep a, a low profile uh, the last few days. Uh, lots of blue coats prowling around. She will shut the door and and lock it. It's a, a it it looks like it's a one bedroom apartment. Um, pretty small. There is a, a bed out uh, in kind of the living area. You're guessing that either her her mom sleeps out here or. One of them sleeps out in the living room. The other one has the bedroom. Yeah, she she kind of like, you know, spins around and is still just like beaming, like really proud of herself. Um, right. So I, I, uh, how, how did you, how did you find out? Was it the pin? It was the pin. Um, we wanted to talk to you. I have lots more. Oh, okay. <laughs> she runs off to the bed, goes under it and pulls out a bag that clinks a lot. Oh my God. Okay. I, Larissa, you need to be careful with what you do with that pin. We have been gathering a higher profile, and we have we're having to be more careful as well of where we use our energy because wherever our mark is, more people are going to come sniffing around. We've actually been taking a break. We didn't know that there was an arson until one of our contacts told us about it. Well, I mean, that's that's sort of the. The idea is that, you know, we, we could, um, you know, me and, and, and some of my friends who, who, you know, really admire your work, like, we, we, we could help and, and do things when, when, when you need to, to take a break or, or hide from the blue coats or, or things like that. The sentiment is really, really admirable, Larissa, and I can understand exactly why you chose this target. I think we just need to talk about thinking through consequences before we act. Is, is, does that sound fair? She, she like, <laughs> I think is finally picking up on the vibe of, like, you two are not 100% enthusiastic about this, and kind of de- deflates a little bit, and is like, um, he, y- yes, I, I, um, I, I suppose, um. We're not here for a lecture, we just, we've been hearing about an increased blue coat presence in the area, and we were a little bit worried about that, about what that means for your neighbors. Oh, yeah, so she she's just kind of standing there, like, looking back and forth between the two of you, like, starting to look a little worried. We've been reckoning with some of this ourselves recently. The more you act and get noticed, the more other people around you are going to potentially be brought in on some of the fallout. And that's definitely something you have to weigh. Larissa, would you be open to being connected with other people who are doing work in this area? Like, what, what kind of people? My, I'm... Mother keeps telling me that I should like volunteer with the weeping lady, and I mean they do good work, but like it's it's not it doesn't change anything the way that you do. Okay, well, I can tell you a couple of people who are working to make changes that you might be interested in. You've got Bell Brogan and their unionization efforts here. You know, you know Miss Brogan. I a little bit, yes, and I could see if she needs more help. We also have some people who are working to put out. Better news than the Dosequil Daily puts out. Um, if if your you or your friends would be interested in helping them, I'm sure they could use help. Yeah, that that 
that that sounds like it might be good, but um, I mean, it doesn't seem very uh, direct the way that that you do things. I know it doesn't sound very radical, but changing the public opinion and working with the press is one of the most vital things you can do to get the truth out there. Can I have you two give me like a, a group consort? This this won't have yeah. consequences. I just want to see how how uh, how persuasive you are in in convincing this young woman to turn her energy in a more fruitful direction. That's a six, my dude. I got a five, so nobody takes any stress, and it's a six. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So she, so Larissa kind of nods really thoughtfully and is like, uh, "Okay, um, I mean, I I know I, I I'd be really honored to to meet Miss Brogan." Um, or, or, or your your friends with the 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 paper. Um, that that would be that would be great. Um, How about this? You said you have other friends who are interested, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk to them, see what they're interested in? Uh, we can try to arrange meetings. I mean, if you can find maybe a representative for people who want to be meeting each group, and then I can try and we can try and arrange some kind of meeting. Yeah, that that would be that would be great. Um, uh, and she, she kind of looks down at the, the, the bag of presumably, it's not like a huge bag. I'm picturing like, uh, you know, sandwich baggy size, but it's still pretty full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she clearly made a lot of pins. It's <laughs> like, um, should we, should we keep like leaving these around or? I think that you, they could be a powerful symbol. You have to be careful about the power of the symbol. Looks very thoughtful and, and nods and then like a, a light bulb seems to go off and it's like oh oh no are, have you are, are you all in trouble because of the no of the yet. fire no no not yet oh, our friends oh. found the pin before the blue coats did oh oh good oh i i didn't even think about that yeah and maybe best if you just you know sell this as fan art or something <laughs> uh. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll. I'll be more careful about what what we do with these. Yeah, she 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 nods and looks like very very thoughtful and like a little embarrassed. It's like, um, hey, Larissa, don't look so down. It's really impressive what you've already that you've already started on this path. We just worried. We're just worried. Okay, I am. Wow, oh, I I really appreciate that. Um, I uh. Uh, all right. Um, I'll, I'll I'll talk to my friends and and see what I can okay. I can Do figure out. Okay. Do you know how to get in contact with us if you need to? Um. Well, I uh, the the couple times that I've I've seen you around was with with my my mother. Um. So I that was around here. So I, I don't I don't know where to to meet up with you necessarily. If you or any of your friends need something, take a note up, or if you need to, come up to the Hound's Paw up in Night Market. We're usually we usually pick up our notes there. All right. Um, is wow. So, uh, do oh oh gosh. Um, do you do you all like? Do you want do you want tea? Do you want something to eat? Um, I am a terrible host. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweetheart, sweetheart, it's okay. All right. So you you leave after a little while. The the Dobrev home, having convinced your your young fan to turn her energy in a more useful direction. Now you still have the issue of the blue coats who are terrorizing the district to try and figure out who's behind the fire uh, to, to contend with. So you did gather info on dealing with your, your fan. Now you've got to deal with your, your anti-fans, your haters. 
I hate that you phrased it as haters, but you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. We do it for the girls and the gays, that's it. <laughs> How do we deal with the blue coat presence? Do we get back in touch with Severin and see if he can put in a good word for us? You you could try that. You could so from what Briggs told you, this this Nunzio fellow is basically bribing a bunch of blue coats to come down here and harass people uh, until he gets the information he wants. Severin is the only idea I've got. So is he particularly worried about it being the magpies, or does he just want to know who it is, no matter who it is? He wants to know who it is, because, uh, yeah, one of one of Briggs' informants managed to get the pin before the Bluecoats saw it, so the Bluecoats do not suspect that it is the magpies at this point. No, to me, this just sounds like we have to do a gather info on yeah. this guy's, you know, personal enemies. Personal enemies, people who are trying to get a foothold in Char Hollow of any kind. Yeah. And you, I, I think that, Kim, your idea of talking to Severin is also a good one. Yeah. He, he can at least give you some insight on kind of blue coat operating procedures to see if there's any weak points on that side. Yeah. Um, I could try talking to Severin. I could yeah. roll a consort. One and a three. Ooh, okay. So I think what happens is you are actually not able to meet directly with Severin at all. I think, like, you send him a note, high level, here's the situation, can we meet? And he sends a note back that's basically like, there is too much heat on you right now for me to to safely meet with you. But uh, what he's kind of able to convey in this short note of sort of general, helping as much as he can, um, is that the the bluecoats are profit-motivated. If they are not getting paid, they're not going to keep doing this thing. So that that's kind of the, the weak point on that side. If, if the money is cut off, they will not continue to harass the citizenry. Okay. Trying to think who we know who would have the good gossip. Would it be a Mazio? Uh, it depends on what level of society you're looking at. I mean, I'm looking at Nuncio's level. So Amancio is probably a little high class for this. I'm just trying to think who I could ask. You could try talking to some of the people who work for him, see if they've heard any gossip. That's true. Yeah, let's just try and talk to some of the workers. Yeah. So I'm going to ask around and see if I can find somebody to talk to. Am I rolling? Consort. Yeah, I think that's probably consort. Five. Okay. Um. So a standard amount of information. You... Start asking around. You um, visit some of his shops, chat with some of the employees, you know, how things are going. And I think, like, it takes a little while. I think you have to catch people, like, when they're on their break, and, and a lot of them are pretty hesitant to talk initially. But, you know, you, you again, can kind of play up on your, your reputation here. Um, people generally feel pretty favorably towards the magpies. So they're willing to to talk to you a little bit about uh, Nunzio's business, and in particular, uh, his side business. Because what you learn from uh, a few of the workers, particularly the ones who kind of do the, the like inventory, so, you know, loading and unloading the, the shipments and things, is that he uh, has a, a little side operation of smuggling, uh, specifically he is uh, trafficking spirits. He moves spirits from, from you know, whispers who collect them uh, and generally sells them to other traffickers or, or 
alchemists who are, are converting them into ghost drugs, probably a lot to the Dimmer Sisters, uh, since they control most of the spirit trafficking trade in the city. And yeah, they, they will tell you that, you know, a couple times a month, some crates full of jars come in that are, are set aside. Somebody peeked at them once and got possessed. Whoopsie-daisy. And so, yeah, like they, they will let you know that he's got this, this thing on the side that, again, like, because he's got his workers in such a precarious situation with their, their jobs and their, their homes and, and everything... None of them have dared speak up about it, uh, just because, you know, if anybody steps out of line, you're out of a job, you're out of a home, things can, can go bad very, very fast. So, uh, also, do we get any kind of proof? Oh, I think, okay, so I think that they will tell you, the, the shipments show up kind of regularly, um, and they will tell you that the next one is supposed to show up in a few days. So either he stops paying off the blue coats or we alert them to the next shipment. Yeah. Although he could just move the shipment. He could. If we take the shipment, it's proof. Do we need to take the shipment? We need to take the shipment. I think so. Blair probably wants to take the shipment anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think Myra comes back to the nest. Blair? Yeah? Are you up for intercepting uh, some spirit trafficking? Fuck yeah. Okay, I feel like maybe this is, we're actually at the score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it sounds like the score is going to be, I think, stealing the shipment and then delivering the blackmail note. Do you want to try and hit it at one of his stores? Do you want to try and intercept before it reaches? Intercept before it reaches is kind of like our signature. (laughs) (laughs) Why mess with a good thing? It's worked in the past. Right. Okay. I think you may need to do another gather info to figure out where the route is. Yes. Should we both do that or cover our bases? Blair, you might actually, this might be something where you could talk to the reconciled because they tend to be kind of aware True. of the spirit trafficking that's happening in the city. So they might know. Yep. It's a five and a six. Okay. So yeah, you, you kind of describe this setup to one of the, the reconciled and they're, they're able to give you a, um, I think there's a particular, like a section of catacombs that mm-hmm. is pretty much only used by smugglers and it tends to be specifically used by spirit traffickers because it's intensely haunted there's just tons of like ghosts and other spooky stuff down there right most people don't want to deal with that but if you're already carrying jar jars full of ghosts you probably are equipped to deal with it okay so i think you can you can either hit them kind of as they're going into the section as they're coming out you can try and ambush them in the middle it's up to you I was thinking midpoint, unless you had any objections, Mena. I like that. Yeah. All right. So let's figure out the engagement roll. So it's going to be a 2d6 uh, engagement roll. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a three. No. <laughs> oh, well, it could be a one. I mean, the other die I rolled was a one. <laughs> Eesh. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, you're going to be in a desperate position when the action starts. Don't like that. You make your way into these tunnels, and and you find a spot to lie in wait for this particular smuggler who's supposed to be coming through on this day with a a crate of ghosts in jars marked for Darian Nunzio. And trying to think of what a good desperate situation here would be. 
Um, maybe some of maybe some of Loris's friends haven't gotten the message yet, and they're here. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. Oh, buddies. So. I think the two of you come down here and you hunker down. Um, and like you, you got here, or, you know, I think a bit early, so you'd have plenty of time to catch this person. So you're a little worried when you hear like shuffling footsteps coming up behind you, and and you like peek out and you see a uh, a trio of teenagers who are are sporting some of Larissa's homemade magpie pins on their jackets. Oh uh, and when when they see that that you've seen them, they kind of like wave and skitter over and like try and get into your hiding spot and be like, hey, hey, Larissa said that that uh you you had you had work for us, and so we we followed to to help. Shh be 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 quiet, as quiet as you can. Uh this is a potentially dangerous situation. Oh, oh, okay. Uh yeah, I mean we we figured we we brought we're 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 ready for stuff and like I think the kid who's talking like holds open their jacket and they have like a kitchen knife. <laughs> oh, that's that's not gonna cut it. I think it's... Myra takes like the hands of the one closest to her and is like, "I appreciate your desire to help. This is not a situation where more people is a good idea." And as you say that, two things happen. The first is that you hear the footsteps you were expecting. It's like footsteps and like uh, the, the the clattering of a, a cart being pushed. And two, it gets really, really cold around you all of a sudden. I think Myra like squeezes her eyes shut for just a second like, oh no. Oh, friends are here. Okay. <laughs> Myra, you have a spirit bane charm. Blair, <laughs> you regard them as friends. You have no idea if these kids have any kind of, of wards or charms. One of them kind of like tugs their coat a little closer and is like, chilly down here. I didn't expect that. So you have three teenagers who have followed you down here. You have the target approaching and you have apparently some number of ghosts. Let me see what number of ghosts. <laughs> you have some number of ghosts. Yeah. Uh, You're not going to tell us? Man. No, of course not. Where's the fun in that? Um, about to manifest here. Can is it possible to throw up shields for other people from ghosts? Because hmm, is that possible, Re? Let's find out. Oh, do you want me to roll in a tune? Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be this is gonna be desperate. Can I help? Yeah, yeah. You can do this as a group, a group of tune, group magic. Who's gonna lead? Um, Blair can lead. I think it's a bit more on brand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got a two, one, six. Okay, so six. I got a four. So nobody marks any stress, and we got a six. Got a six. Okay. What what you see is um, things are getting really cold, and like I'm imagining that the the kids are kind of in like a triangle. The the leader has been sort of a little bit in front talking to you, um, and then the other two are are a little like a step or two back, and behind those two who are in the back, you can see like one ghost behind each kid kind of manifests and starts moving into them. Uh, And so tell me how it looks as you, you put, you, you extend some kind of big ward around yourselves. Well, see Blair being Blair, I have to feel as though the ward is, this is going to sound bad, is less so to protect the people inside and more so to convince the ghost that there is something more interesting away from us. There's still like that protective bubble, but I I think what she does is try to conjure up some illusion, maybe that there's a scent trail of ectoplasm just around the corner when there really isn't something like that. 
Interesting. Yeah, I like the idea that that with with it being a, a Blair thing, that it's more of a deflection and a distraction than protection. I'm so bad at caring about living people. <laughs> Blair's a bad person, you guys. She's not a bad person. Her priorities are just a little questionable sometimes. It's okay. The two of you working together kind of twist the ghost field to make it look like there's something more desirable uh, in another direction. The ghosts kind of, uh, you know, move away uh, from, from the kids uh, who have no idea what just happened. <laughs> They're just kind of like, whoa. What did you do? Saved you from being possessed, actually. Oh, really? Oh, you're so cool. N- no, this... Y- y'all could have, like, actually been possessed by a ghost. This is not really a joking or a cool thing. This is us saving your ass, because you being here actually complicates things just a smidge. We actually truly enjoy your support, and it's so humbling, and we love it. But... It is getting a little bit in our way. The, the, all three of their faces kind of fall as the, the clattering of the smuggler is getting closer and closer. What Blair is trying to say is thank you very much, but more people is only going to escalate the situation. Please go home. and talk, We love you, but please go home. Talk to Larissa. We will get you work that you can help with soon. Can I have... I'm trying to figure out how Are we doing to a do group consort? No, no, it's... Sway? I need to see if you all can detect the consequence that's about to hit. So oh. I think this might actually be a resistance. Um, it's going to be insight. I need you both to... Okay. Because the, they, they all kind of... The, the three of them look very downtrodden oh, and hang their babies. heads. Uh, but, but Six. Two fives, a one and a two. Okay, so uh, Blair, in order to, to notice this, you'll need to take one stress. Okay, I, I can mark that. I can spare that. Myra, as usual, manages to take no stress on a resistance roll. I don't know how it happens. Like, I think uh, what I'm imagining is that, like, these are catacombs. I'm imagining that you all are kind of off in a little side niche. And, like, the three of them start to move towards the, the exit. And the two of you simultaneously realize that if they go out there now, the smuggler is going to see them. And that will blow your whole thing. Like this ambush that you have carefully planned is going to be ruined. Yeah, I'm going to reach out and grab some lapels and like pull them back <laughs> or like scruffs of necks. <laughs> whoa, what are you, what are you doing? Shh, shh, shh. Oh, so- sorry, sorry. What are you doing? I thought we were supposed to leave. You didn't want our help. Change of plan. Stay right here until you don't hear anything anymore. Okay. I think actually I need you to make a roll. I think it's a command. I think this is going to be risky. I'm going to push myself. Okay. Five. The the kid you're talking to nods and the, the three of them kind of slink to the back of this little niche. The consequence is that the sounds outside of the, the cart and footsteps stop for a second and then start moving really fast. Like this person's just taken off at a dead run and they go clattering past you. This person has heard that there are people here and is sprinting away. So you're going to have to, like, whatever ambush you had has been blown. You're going to have to chase this person down now. Yep. What are you going to do? Cue the Sonic the Hedgehog Green Hills music and go after them. (laughs) 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 All right. So, yeah. Somebody somebody give me some kind of action roll for what you're going to do. What would we have to roll to chase them? Would it be... Prowl. Prowl Prowl is kind of the the physical... Mm. 
I mean, you can also try other options if you want to do something to stop them that isn't. No, I'm running. I'm already shaking my dice. I'm rolling Consider that you could have the power of ghosts and anime on your side. That's that's okay. I rolled a five for chasing after them. Okay. I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. Either it'll be reduced effect... And they're they're still pretty far ahead of you. Like, this person is moving shockingly fast, given that they're hauling a cart. Or, Blair, you catch up to them just as you, you cross, the two of you make it across a, like, uh, a bridge that's across, like, uh, a pretty wide uh, chasm. Okay. And it collapses behind you, <laughs> so you and Myra are separated. <laughs> hmm, I do like that drama. <laughs> Mena? Some Star Wars shit I'm in. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Minna, Minna just made a sound of pure delight, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. You said there's a bridge across a chasm, and I got excited. Listen, why is there a big chasm underneath Duskwell? I don't know, but it's there now. Um, I don't think it's like a, a you know, Star Wars-esque 40-foot-across no. chasm, but it's too, it's too wide for Myra to jump. Uh, so... Blair, I think you uh, you sprint across, and I think you're able to just like jump on this person and stop them. But the the wooden bridge just collapses behind you. Myra, <laughs> yeah, Myra, what are you? I, I I imagine Myra had also taken off running. Yeah, and you you are now on the wrong side of the chasm. What would you like to try and do? What is Blair's situation with this person? Uh, Blair has just tackled them to the ground, and they are momentarily like stunned but uh, i think that the person is what's what is the okay what is what does the um crate look like uh it is a a wooden crate that's in a like a hand cart it's not like waist high cover crate it's not huge it's probably i'd say maybe a foot tall and two feet wide is it something that if we tied a rope around some part of it and then threw it into the chasm while i held one end of the rope i could just haul it up yes it's full of glass jars that are full of ghosts that's true never you're mind. running a risk of those all breaking <laughs> i could try trapping some is it is this a risk you're willing to take yeah it's a yeah there there is a chance you could make that work but there is also a chance that it I will. I mean, we just know the consequences if we succeed. But right. It's- yeah. And I'm saying in the event that those break, I'm prepared to handle it. I only want the crate, honestly, because it would leave it would leave traces if if the ghosts escaped, and then I'd still have proof. So I think she's going to yell across the chasm, Blair, tie a rope around it, throw me the other end. Uh, oh, okay. All right. So Blair, the person you've tackled is a a man who is. About a foot taller than you. <laughs> the only reason you were able to tackle him is because he, he was not expecting to be tackled and you hit him in the knees. Uh, he He's not unconscious. You just knocked him down. So cool. you're going to have to contend with this guy still being in the mix in order to do this. Hmm. So I don't know if you want to try and deal with him first and then do the thing for Myra. I mean, because Myra told me so, I feel like the crate first might be first yeah. priority. Go for it. I mean, also, I can be covering you with a gun while you do this. Right. Yeah, you could, if you wanted to aid Blair in this rope thing, you could say that you have a yeah. gun that you're, you're pointing at this guy. Okay. So, yeah, you're going to need to roll something to to tie the rope. And I think so, For on your end, it's going to be tying the rope around the thing and throwing it across. 
And then I think Myra's going to have to roll to grab it. So is, can I make an argument for finesse? Hmm. Or is this more of a general prowl skirmish thing? Let me look at the description I of... I finesse uh, for this. Skillfully tying a rope and throwing it. Finesse. Employ dexterous manipulation. What's graceful or subtle about this? Hmm. That's true. This isn't very subtle. Graceful, stylish, and subtle are kind of the, the tags for finesse. Yeah, see, I can make graceful and stylish, but subtle, no. So... Um, you know what? I'll give you two out of three. You can do finesse. Okay. Five, five, three. Five. Okay. So you do it, but there's a consequence. Um, and I think the consequence is you are going to end up in a desperate position. Um, you really quick, you run over, you grab the crate, you tie the rope, um, you're, you do it like you're just doing it very smoothly and quickly. You hurl it and the rope out into the void. And then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of as like, sl- I'm picturing this in like slow-mo, you throw it, Myra moves to grab the rope and we'll resolve that in a second. And Blair, you just get grabbed from behind as this guy like basically bear hugs you and picks you up and is kind of using you as a, a shield oh, no. so that Myra can't really shoot you and he's got a, a hold of you. You're in a desperate position. Ah, oh, fuck. Myra, <laughs> you gotta grab this rope. Yeah. Uh, you'll need to roll something to, to grab the rope. I think this is, the roll on this is also finesse, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Dexterous manipulation. Well, I mean, finesse isn't my best role, but it's the one that seems to fit best. I mean, you you could also do prowl for this. I'll do prowl then. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it may actually take stress again for this. Okay. Pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. Three dice. Because honestly, if we don't have to deal with broken glass, it's better. <laughs> Five. We're probably dealing with broken glass. <laughs> yeah. So they don't all break. But a couple of them do. And like you catch the rope, but it keeps swinging and it slams into the side of the, the, this chasm. Mm-hmm. And you hear some glass shatter. It's not all of them, but some of them broke. So you've got a couple ghosties loose. Blair is being grappled. Blair, can you use this? Uh, kinda, I'm kind of busy. Can I try to use it to help her? Yeah. Anybody can attune. All right. Let's try this. <laughs> so what are you what are you doing? I don't really know how much you can do with a ghost if you get control of them, but I'm okay with sicking a ghost on this guy. Yeah, so specifically like there's a particular whisper power that gives you the ability to actually just control ghosts. You would be asking the ghost to I do mean, something. I'm fine with that. I'm a, I'm fine with that. Make a bargain with them. Yeah. Is it good sort if I'm making a deal with them? Yeah, it depends on how, it, it entirely depends on how you want to approach it. It's mostly that I don't know if I'm allowed mechanically to deal with a ghost with yeah, anything can, other than a tune. Yeah, you can consort with ghosts. I will consort with a ghost then. That's a much better role and also what Myra's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that mean? Three sixes. So that's definitely a crit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna Damn. start I'm gonna start off in character. Yeah, just tell tell me tell me how how you pull this off flawlessly. I'm gonna say, hang on, let me let me do a quick roll to tell you how many ghosts this is. Three ghosts. I think you look into the ghost field and you see you see three ghosts kind of quickly surging up out of this pit. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You don't want me. You want the guy who did this to you. He's right up there holding my friend. If you don't touch her, you can have him. Three ghosts swivel. 
they, they all look back at this dude. They look back at you. They look at the dude. And then, Blair, I don't know if you're looking into the ghost field right now. Uh, she's probably a bit too stressed to do that right now. Probably, yeah. Um, Blair, you just feel like a cold rush of air go past you. Uh, there's sort of a gurgling scream from the guy, and then he lets go of you and collapses backwards. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't really want to stick around. Do you- th- Ugh, get you back across. Can you- well, so I you can you can exit through yeah. opposite ends of the tunnel, basically. Meet me topside. Okay, we'll do. Yeah, so Blair, you're you're able to to skedaddle past this dude who is lying on the ground twitching slightly, uh, while his soul is devoured by three ghosts. Myra, you're able to haul up the the crate. Uh, you'll have to collect the kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So the the three of them are doing the, like, you know, Scooby-Doo style, like, poking their heads around in a stack to, like, watch all of this, and their eyes are just huge. I think Myra's just, like, storming down the passageway with a crate under one arm. And she, like, just kind of, like, beckons to them as she, with, like, one finger. She passes, like, doesn't even stop. They fall in line, and they are dead silent, <laughs> following you out. I think one of them starts to ask something and gets, like, swatted by the other two, just like, don't. I think as soon as they emerge topside, she turns and looks at them. This is serious business, and I thank you for your enthusiasm. We will talk later. Go talk to Larissa. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, got got it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they, they like, just take off. <laughs> so the, the two of you uh, are able to, to meet back up. And I think I want one one final roll for this blackmail letter. Yes. Is it a letter? I don't know. How are you approaching the blackmail? Yeah, are we doing it in a letter or in person? A letter, I feel as though, would be the safer bet. It is. It's safer. Nuncio, you may be wondering what happened to the carrier of your latest acquisition. We intercepted him, and we have it. Call off the bluecoats, stop paying them, or we will tell them exactly where we found it and who brought it into the city. Does that sound good? Yeah. I think that there's like, there's some paperwork in this crate that's kind of indicating where the different spirits are supposed to go. So you can include like a, like a piece of that as kind of proof of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I actually have this. Yeah, go ahead and give me some kind of roll for what you're doing here. I feel like command. Uh, could be command, could be sway, because you're also being manipulated. Oh, no, you know what? This is command. You're, yeah. you're giving an order. You are doing this. I'm going to say this is controlled greater effect. Is this just me or is it a group? Up to you. It can be a group thing. Yeah. I'm done with that. I can I can lead if you want. Uh, Sure. Go for it. Yeah. All right. So both of you go ahead and roll command. I, roll, I rolled a four. Okay, so that's okay. And I rolled a five. Okay, so I'm going to say that you do it with a minor consequence. And I think the consequence is just going to be, you're going to take some extra heat on this score. Okay. The kids talked. Mm-hmm. Going to tell people about what they saw. Wasn't for you meddling kids. Yeah, I think that that's just going to be the consequence. In addition to whatever other heat that you take, you're going to an additional plus one heat on top of that. But yeah, I think you, you send off this letter. And Blair presumably does something to, to get these ghosts uh, to safety. Yeah, she probably just consorts with them until they leave. Well, they're, I mean, they're in jars if you want to take them out into the Deathlands. Yeah, Blair can just take the jars. I have the load to spare. 
you you send off your blackmail letter, and we will we will see uh, what comes of it uh, after downtime. So where where do you want to start with with wrapping up your your loose ends? Well, where did those kids go back to? Did they go back to um, the Haymarket Tavern, or we did tell them to leave us a note when they made a decision at the Hounds Paul. We could, but we could go there to meet them. Yeah, I, I think that you you can you can go to the the Haymarket Tavern, and I think what what you got back was basically that there there were some of the kids who who were interested in working with Lonnie and Roxanne, but most of them, Larissa included, were a lot more interested in the unionization efforts. I, I think that, as you said, it's it's kind of you know you you bring Larissa along as kind of the representative for for her group rather than bringing like eight overexcited teenagers. <laughs> to to Bell's doorstep. Um yeah, you arranged to to meet with with Bell Brogan. Uh where where do you think you you set up that meeting? Even Haymarket? Like cuz that is down in Bell Brogan's sort of area also. Yeah, we can we can do that. Yeah. You know, you you're sitting there with Larissa. So yeah, I think the the two of you I I'm imagining this is more like midday. Um so it's not as many people there. Larissa is sitting at this table and is just like vibrating with excitement. She's like, she's bouncing both her legs. Um, it's like fidgeting in her chair. Keeps like playing with her clothes to straighten things out. Are you chill? Yes, yes, uh, ab- absolutely, completely. Of course. Why wouldn't I be? Because it's a nerve wracking thing to be meeting someone like Belle Rogan. Uh, I mean, y- y- yes, she's... Uh, very uh, well known, and she has done so much. But I mean, I guess uh, I mean me- meeting meeting the two of you went really well, uh, and and so maybe meeting her will also go really well. Um, you should bring Minks next time. I'd like to meet her too. I'm sure she'd love to meet you. She, um, <laughs> she's so relatable. She is. I mean, you're basically setting this kid up on an internship. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think that uh, the the door opens and uh, Belle comes in as usual. She's got a couple people with her just because she's such a target. She can't really go out without bodyguards. Um, and I think Larissa like very abruptly stops fidgeting and sits up really straight. Uh, and and Belle comes over and is just like, ah, Myra, Blair, good to see you again. Uh, it's uh, Larissa, right? Pleasure to meet you. And holds out her hand. Uh, and Larissa kind of is still a little frozen. Larissa here has been organizing some of the younger folks in this area. They're needing a cause to point themselves at. And I, I think that that kind of like jolts Larissa out of her shock. And she like reaches out and shakes her hand. It's like, uh, y- y- yes, ma'am. Um, that's, that's more or less what we've been doing. And it's, uh, it's an honor to meet you, ma'am. Hi. And I think Belle kind of laughs and, and we'll, we'll sit down at the table and, and start chatting. And, and I think the conversation ends up being, you know, mostly between the two of mm-hmm. them. And, but yeah, it, it sounds like Belle definitely will be able to uh, point them in, in more fruitful and supervised directions <laughs> rather than <laughs> random acts of arson. Or random acts of following us on very dangerous heists. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and so I think after that, the the two of you make your way back up into Night Market to the the Hound's Paw to to check in before um, you kind of call it a a day. Had a busy few days, and there is a a note waiting for you, and uh, it it is from one of uh, the the informants working for Briggs. 
uh, and it says that we're not sure what you did, but the the blue coats have uh, departed very abruptly. And thanks, we appreciate it. Basically, is the gist of the note. You know, Nunzio is still running his his shops and his apartments. Um, he he's not financially ruined, but he did lose a lot of money when he lost his house. So maybe maybe in the future you'll be able to take him on, or maybe uh, some of the the people that you've inspired will will be able to take him down too. Thanks for listening. The Magpies will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at magpies underscore pod and visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash magpiespodcast. The Magpies Podcast is GM'd and produced by Ree. Follow me on Twitter at Rhiannon42 and check out rpgskillcheck.net for my copy editing and accessibility freelance site. Blair Culhane is played by Kim Kogut. Follow her on Twitter at Kim Deanna Jones. Minx is played by Josie. Follow her on Twitter at Dragon Girl Josie, and watch her art streams at picarto.tv/dragongirljosie. Myra Keel is played by Mina. Follow her on Twitter at minaminar. The opening and closing theme music is from Trio for Piano, Violin, and Viola by Kevin McLeod and is used under a Creative Commons license. The Blades in the Dark roleplay system is the creation of John Harper and is published by Evil Hat Productions. Next, I'd like to thank our stupendous Patreon backers. Brian Vo, thank you. Piotr Kupper, thank you. And if I pronounced your name wrong, let me know and I will do another take next episode. Bob Hop, thank you. One one dice fell may have fallen in my trash can. <laughs> no, it hasn't done anything to deserve that yet. Yet. Where did I go? I know how you all roll. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm. I swear on the force. I'm not lying. It's. It didn't fall in the trash can. It fell in like the plastic outside of the trash can. It mm-hmm. is face up on a six. <laughs> then keep it. <laughs> you know that's my policy. I know. 